Well, this is a podcast that will probably end up being called Devil Fruit Punch or something like that. It's a One Piece podcast. I'm probably going to put the first episode or two up on the Triple D feed. That's Dragons, Dragons, Dragons for people who don't know that. Um, But once we have our own name and our own feed going, we'll just move everything over there. I'm not going to do like a whole intro thing, but I will say that I am, of course, your host, John. And my usual friends aren't here, but I'm joined by a different friend, Matt. Um, now you say something, Matt. <laughs> Ahoy there, John. Uh, sorry to any of the, I don't know what your Dragons, Dragons, Dragons fans are called. The Dragons, Dragons, Dragons devotees, maybe the Quad Ds. We mostly call them Jay from New South Wales. Okay, that's fantastic. Hey, Jay, hope you're doing great. Hope the weather down there is fantastic at the moment. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I am brand new to podcasting. Uh, you know, long-time listener, first-time caller, so to speak. But uh, I do like One Piece quite a bit, and so I was very happy when you uh, extended the invite to participate in this. So I'm really looking forward to nerding out for Jay. Yeah, and I mean, you haven't podcasted before, but you do listen to podcasts. And that, as far as I'm concerned, that's the only requirement for being a podcaster. So. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I listen to so many podcasts that it probably qualifies as a uh, personality disorder of some kind. But <laughs> I am well familiar with the medium, it's true. So um, you got into this a little bit, but when I asked you, hey, do you want to do a One Piece podcast, why did you say yes? Uh, no, thanks for asking. One Piece is um, something I think is really cool. It's really fun. Um, I don't know how much we're going to go down this rabbit hole but uh we're, we're both uh, kind of political nerds in our way we we both enjoy I, I think history as well as a subject and that just kind of you know rich tapestry of events and, and just the way that things kind of develop and play out and uh, one piece is a surprisingly fun sandbox for exploring all that um more to the point though it, it's just a really fun story it's something that i i enjoy talking about and uh Man, it's got some real legs on it. We're not going to have to worry about uh, running out of material anytime soon. Um, and please stop me if I'm letting the cart get ahead of the uh, horse here a little bit. But um, I'm also really excited because we're we're hoping to have a third friend join us. Who uh, Jay, I, I believe you're already familiar with, but uh, without spoiling who it is, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. This person is brand new to One Piece. Uh, I ran into them at a party and asked about this, and he actually said, yeah, John confused me. He asked me if I wanted to check out a one piece of a manga, but I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, no, 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 buddy, that's the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's how brand new he is to it. So um, the chance to kind of really dig into it with you, who I always love just hanging out and talking with, but also chilling with this other person who you know is, is truly going to be diving in blind, uh, was just too good of a prospect to to miss. Yeah, so I think we can just say that it's Patrick, and as far as hoping that he's going to be here, uh, I'm going to say he is going to be here, because I will make him. Uh, He did agree to this, and I will hold him to that, and I think he's going to have a great time. As far as that's concerned, that is something I'm for sure excited about, is sharing One Piece with someone new. And um, also, along those lines, I kind of want to do it because... I, it's, it, I almost view it as a motivational thing where we can 
do it to show other people that it is possible. Because I think a lot of people see One Piece and it's 1,000 plus chapters and go like, there's no way I'm ever going to read that. <laughs> and it's like, you can do it. Um, if you yeah. just read, we're going to be doing one chapter every night or seven chapters a week, which I think is very manageable. You can read these things in less than 20 minutes, much less than uh-huh. 20 minutes if you're a fast consumer. But um yeah, that's going to that's going to be great. I'm hoping that we can get people to read along with us. Like I I could see a world in which this podcast could be useful to people if like I haven't read One Piece in in years. I fell off yeah. after an art called Dressrosa. Uh we're doing no spoilers right now. I don't think that's a spoiler cuz you have no idea what that means or is. Yeah. But if you do know what I'm talking about, you know that that is um I don't know what is that like 300 ep- or chapters ago or something like that at this point. It's it's been a minute, and again, no spoilers, but uh, Dressrosa really kind of set a standard for being a very long arc. Um, I want to say it was around 100 plus chapters, um, so really big, meaty thing. But as you said, it, it's been a minute. A lot has happened since then. Yeah, so I'm kind of hoping that maybe this podcast in the future could be a tool for people. Like, if they fall behind, maybe they can just use the podcast to either refresh themselves or to help them catch up or I don't know. I just, I, I I want to introduce more people to, to one piece. And as far as that goes, like this used to be a huge thing for me. And I, it still is like one piece still has a very special place in my heart for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. I mean, the world building is second to none. It has more heart, I think than any other manga that I've ever read or any anime. Um, and it's also like weirdly political and I agree that it would be impossible to talk about one piece without talking about politics. Cause it's very much about the system that people live in and what the outcomes are of that system and, and all that. So there's a lot to talk about. I remember back when I was still reading it, I would literally talk to my friends about it for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> and I don't really hang out with a lot of the same people anymore, but, uh, I would like to keep talking about one piece for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's so fun to talk about. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up kind of, you know, your own history with it. Because uh, I, I thought it might be fun to just mention that, you know, you're saying that you really hope that this could be sort of an avenue for possibly intimidated <laughs> newcomers who are going like, oh my God, how would I ever find the fine, the time to do that to actually do it? And uh, up until quite recently, I was one of those people myself. Um, I got into One Piece... I don't even remember when I started. It was within the last year. Um, in my mind, I, I think it was like with it definitely within the last six months. But um, I got into a real kind of habit of just reading, you know, comics for like maybe thirty to sixty minutes every night right before going to bed. I, I got a nice little e-reader. I loaded it up with stuff, and I finally read. I don't know, just some article kind of imploring people, "Hey, give it a shot." I just started it. It's it's it goes down real easy. So I don't have a lot of history with it myself, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm living proof. I want to say within a couple months, I was all caught up. It, it, it's, it's an easy read. It's a fun, light, breezy thing. The art is, you know, I wasn't originally sold on it, but I, I think once you kind of dive into the author, you know, Oda's brain, uh, for a while, it, it really just starts to click. You, you start to realize, oh, this is kind of a, wacky looney tunesy you know cartoon world um that just kind of it just wants you to have a good time it, it, you know it, it, you want to see where it's going next um 
So I know I think I've kind of lost whatever point I was originally trying to make there, but um, but yeah, I, I I don't have a lot of history with it. I've got one great friend who got into it around the same time as I did, but um, I'm very happy for the chance to revisit some of you know these arcs, some of these events, especially now knowing what's coming down the line and uh, just talking about it again. You know, there's. There's just so much out there, but it, it, it is, it's a good time. You know, it, it, it's, it wants you to take a swim. Come on in. The water's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just want to add, you said that it wants you to have a good time. It also will make you want to die, uh, which is one of my favorite <laughs> things about it, which is, yeah, uh, we're not talking spoilers, so I'm not going to talk about any of the moments that happen, but they do happen where, uh, the amount of emotions that you will feel will be unbearable and overwhelming. <laughs> One of my first takeaways from this uh, series, I, I remember this very clearly when I started reading, was, uh, wow, this guy really likes drawing people crying. <laughs> and the way they cry, bro. Like, oh, yeah. Just the most ugly cry. Full-blown yeah. ugly crying. <laughs> and it, it's it's really good. <laughs> and also people will cry not just when they're sad. They'll cry when they're happy. They'll cry when they're angry. They'll also cry when they're sad or when they're confused yeah. or hurt or they'll cry for almost any reason. And uh, that's actually, do you watch a uh, Boku no Hero Academia or read? I do not though, though. Um, I, it's something I'm interested in getting into. And I, I don't know if you're about to get to this, so I won't say just in case, but uh, there is a very, charming connection to one piece with that that i'm aware of uh maybe you can get into that i was just gonna say that the the main character of that show uh izuku yeah. he cries a lot and i think that one piece <laughs> walked so that izuku could run because it definitely seems like one piece opened the door for like what if everything was just emotions oh man okay i i, I love that so much so here, here's what i was thinking of so this isn't a spoiler for the plot of One Piece, but uh, if you really get into fan mail, question and answer corners, this is kind of tipping something. Um, so, you know, hit, hit the plus 30 seconds if you really care about the SBS. But uh, in the SBS, um, which is basically a, a Q&A thing that ends some of the volumes of the manga, fans write into the uh, author, the mangaka, uh, Oda, and he responds. And some of the stuff that was really early on in that were, you know, these kids sending in fan art. And fast forward several volumes and several years later, and Oda calls out that, hey, you're, you know, one of the very first kids who sent me in, you know, a little piece of fan art just premiered his own series. Uh, and it's something called My Hero Academia, and it's actually going to be in Shonen Jump. Uh, and I'm just so proud to have inspired this person on their creative journey. Um so not being familiar with it, 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 I think it's really cool to hear you kind of draw these thematic and, and aesthetic parallels between them. Uh, when, yeah, this is a very literal case of this, you know, seeing this kid kind of grow up and uh, take that inspiration and, and find his own success with that to, to great acclaim. I think it's also a testament to how long One Piece has been going that someone yeah, no kidding. grew up and got their own career <laughs> in the time that One Piece is still going on. Oh my gosh! No, it, it, it's true. I was watching somebody stream a 1991 SNES beat 'em up with um, the third arc JoJo protagonist, which is what I'm reading of that right now. <laughs> it uh, really hits it home for you. Yeah, <laughs> man, that could be like a whole episode too. There's actually some pretty fun One Piece games, especially for like the Game Boy Advanced era. Oh yeah, I I, I think I know the one you're talking about. It seems really cool. 
I actually just got my uh, analog pocket shipping notification. <laughs> I'm getting it on Sunday, so I might have to might have to bust that out for the pod. Yeah, that's. I hadn't even considered that as an option, but that might be something we can tuck away. Oh yeah, are you looking forward to the uh, RPG that they're making, Odyssey? I don't know anything about it, but you just made my day by telling me it exists. Oh, buddy, they're making a they're making a One Piece Dragon Quest game, from what I can tell. <laughs> Well, that's going to be my life whenever that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, well, not to keep harping too long on the games, but the one I'm really familiar with is uh, Pirate Warriors 4, um, which, if you're not familiar, is very similar to Dynasty Warriors. And uh, I'm currently a grad school student, and during some of my most uh, brain-fried, bloodshot-eyed, <laughs> stressed-out moments, I would take study breaks to just replay a level or two on that game and, and kind of revisit some of those highlights from the story in a, a real beat up fashion. And uh, for 10 or 15 minutes, I, I found a little bit of peace. Well, hell yeah. Um, all right. So let's, I think we can just move into spoilers now, if that's cool with you. Okay. Um, I would love to, because I, I had a spoilery question in mind. Yeah, so you should keep it to stuff that isn't spoilers for me. I know that's very oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> selfish of me, but uh, no, yeah, no. we'll do spoilers up to Dressrosa, which I feel like is weirdly a good, like, I don't know, not middle point, but a good, like, it, cutoff for now. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And, and, and don't worry about that. That that will not be the case. Um, from talking to you, I actually think you might be a little bit further, but, but just to kind of open the curtain for the audience here... Um, Basically, you've gotten quite far in it. Um, Patrick, as we've said, uh, has so little familiarity, he didn't know what the hell you were talking about when you asked him to do this. Yeah. Um, I am fully read up. I I am... I don't know. It's like chapter 1067 or something right now. Uh, I could say what's happening, but that would totally violate the, the non-spoiler agreement. But that's where we're at. Um, I don't really have much familiarity with the anime other than um what we're going to get into later which is the latest movie one piece red but as far as the comics go you know i'm I'm not into like the theory stuff I don't, i'm not really plugged into like fan communities or whatever like unofficial translations but whatever you can find in the shonen jump app that's what i'm up to speed on oh, but okay. um yeah anyway all that aside yeah no what i wanted to ask you was um what was what was the the arc or the moment or or whatever you want to call it that really made you fall in love with the series? What really sold you on the idea of like, oh, this is something special? Um, okay, so we are getting into spoilers, hard spoiler town. Um, yes, this is yeah, hundred uh, percent. Lock your windows uh, <laughs> and shut your doors. Batten down the hatches. <laughs> um, th- I feel like this might be kind of the basic bitch answer, and I. I am sorry. Mine definitely is, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, for me, it's probably any slobby. Um, the whole oh, thing with Nico okay. Robin. When you talked about uh, how people cry ugly, that is like oh, the man. scene I think about when. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so perfect. Um, I'm genuinely tearing up just thinking about I it. I know, yeah. I know, I know, and that's like um, that kind of really sets the stage for Luffy's whole thing going forward, where he's like, "No, oh, I'm yeah. not going to let you sacrifice yourself." That's like, yeah, I'm being selfish. I don't want to lose you. So I'm not going (laughs) to let you leave. Like it's, he has a, oh man, Luffy is so great. And I'm actually uh, excited to talk about the movie because even though I think it was like just a fine anime movie, it really Mm -hmm. did reignite my passion for 
the characters and just the whole universe <laughs> and everything. So Absolutely. it was the perfect way to like start off this journey that we're going on. Hundred percent. No, and I, I love that answer because so that isn't when I first fell in love with the series, but um, Water Seven slash Annie's Lobby, which I consider, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. You know, debate me if you want. Send angry emails uh, to John, but um, I consider those to be one in the same arc. Um, but Water Seven and Annie's Lobby, it's my favorite arc in the entire series. I am so excited to get to that. And, and to be honest, when you asked, you know, why did you want to do this podcast? I could have very well used a lot fewer words to just say, because I want to talk about that, uh, especially with Patrick, who's going to be going into that blind. Um, it's so good. Nico Robin is my favorite crew member. I love her. I love her design. I love her powers. I love her personality. I love her backstory. Uh, and the crew just sort of stubbornly refusing to allow her to stride into the you know, basically the gates of hell <laughs> and die. I was so moving to the point of, you know, declaring war upon the world government itself. But yeah, from if I can answer my own question really quickly, my favorite moment was Nami's arc at, uh, I don't remember the name of the Island. I, I should, but uh, at Arlong park, yeah, the, the Fishman Arlong in that specific moment where she is so twisted up. She's so cornered. She's, you know, she is trying to thread the needle of not fessing up to what's going on to the crew. She's trying to get the Straw Hat Pirates to just leave, ditch me, don't get involved. Um, and she just can't do it. She can't get out. And she, she, she just starts sobbing and stabbing herself in that tattoo on her shoulder again and again, just screaming Arlong. And Luffy just catches her wrist. And he's he's not really going out of his way to comfort her. He basically says, you need to ask me for help. I'm not going to just offer it. You have to tell me you want to live. Yeah. Which to me, that that is very much like that in, in Robin's arc in, you know, Eni's Lobby in, in Water 7 are, are very much of the same coin, right? I, I think they're very similar dynamics. He, he's kind of exploring the same ideas. That really got me. Um Maybe it's a bit uh, basic bitch, too. I, I've heard some people say, look, it, if you're not sure about One Piece, at least get to that moment. If you're still not sold, then, yeah, that's fine. You can tap out. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm i excited to rewatch a lot of this stuff. I, uh, I, I or I guess reread, but I, I was trying to watch the anime because there's a lot of parts of the anime that I haven't seen because I just read them. Yeah. So I was starting the anime from the beginning and I got through I think Zoro and Usopp. Yeah, yeah. And both of those I really liked. Um the Usopp one I think is underrated for sure. Okay. Um, uh, like the arc in general or the anime uh specifically? Um uh, well maybe the anime specifically cuz it didn't hit me as okay. hard with the uh in the in the manga. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, the, the Usopp arc or I guess is it even an arc? I mean, it's it doesn't feel that long, but either way, uh, I, I think they count. They're you know they're they're small, right? Yeah, like they're they're little arcs. I think that, um, somebody pointed out when they were talking about how big Dressrosa is that uh, everything that happens in East Blue yeah. <laughs> is more or less as much as uh, Dressrosa chapter wise. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to think about. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Usopp stuff in the in the anime, they do interesting stuff with the art style and the music. 
Okay, interesting. Yeah, I because I I have seen maybe two or three episodes of the anime. I've seen very very little. And um, we have a couple friends who are, are not from Triple D, but I remember talking to them about One Piece, and they were watching the anime, and um, one of them said that uh, couldn't quite stomach you, <laughs> it was just It was just a little much. Um, oh, man. If, if you can't handle Usopp, like, you definitely can't handle, like, Brooke <laughs> and Frankie and, you know what I mean? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I love Frank. I, I love Frankie because I never in a million years did I see that guy turning into a crew member. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the funniest thing about the Straw Hats is like, how did these people come together? Yeah, well, I, I was just going to say that um, I really enjoyed it made me think of when Nika Robin joined the crew. Because um, I don't know how well you remember this, but at the end of the Alabasta arc, she basically, you know, she's like a villain. She's been a villain the entire time. And she says, uh, okay, I'm with you guys now. <laughs> and nobody likes that. Nobody wants her there. Even Luffy's like, what do you, I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And, oh man. Well, and now she like has something to do with the fucking revolutionaries or whatever i don't know i i'm yeah the time skip thing yeah even that wasn't super clear at the time but <laughs> yeah she just knows some of them now yeah yeah i nico robin i think is gonna be one of those characters that and i i don't know as much as you obviously but uh i feel like she's gonna be very important in the whatever happens at the end oh yeah 100 percent. yeah i i Again, I, I don't recall as... M I think that you, you know most of what is known at this point, but um, just in case, she is absolutely essential to the crew and, and whatever the kind of overall plot uh, is going to ultimately shake out as. Um, all right, let's 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 talk about our next topic. I wanted to ask you, what, what are you excited for Patrick to get to? Oh, well, okay. Already talked about uh, Arlong Park and uh, Water 7 and Innie's Lobby, um, so I'm not going to poke on that too much. But um, So, okay, I mean, this might be a little too uh, behind the curtains here, but um, part of how we all know each other, uh, among other things, is that we play a, a Dungeons & Dragons campaign together <laughs> in, in our spare time. And uh, something I really enjoy about One Piece that, while kind of prepping for our... our I guess this is sort of like a prologue episode, but our first official episode for chapters one through seven is just how D and D it feels. You know, they're they're traveling around, they're going to a new town. It's got its local problems. It's got its local color. Just plugging into that spirit of adventure. But um, I'm really excited for him to just kind of go through that common One Piece fan's journey, right? Of um, Oh, what is this? It looks kind of weird. Uh, oh, okay. Well, this is kind of fun, I guess. I don't know why they're doing that, like, jaw-dropping, you know, slack-jawed thing all the time. But, uh, okay, well, yeah, this cook is fun. He, he looks kind of, you know... And, and just kind of seeing the tease of... I remember when I first got into One Piece, it was like, oh, wow, it really does just get better and better the further you get. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's like watching like a pro skater just like land these incredible tricks, you know, over and over again, it just these wild acts of kind of velocity and momentum and dexterity or like a figure skater, you know, just pulling up these dazzling spins and twirls and, and the finesse of it is just truly remarkable. The, the pacing of it is incredible, but 
really quickly you, you do get sucked into that world. You do start really caring about the characters. You, you develop an emotional attachment. Um, but I mean, I don't know more than anything, these, these plot beats, you know, uh, one I haven't touched on, um, Impel down and Marineford really excited for him to get to that. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, just these, these moments, it, it, it's, it's just, he's such a fascinating mind. Um, you know, Oda, that is, I mean, Patrick is also a fascinating <laughs> mind, but, uh, just, just being able to kind of, it, I don't know. It, it's like going to this like $500 a plate, like the best buffet in the world experience. <laughs> and it's just got something for everybody. It just keeps going. And I just can't wait to kind of plunge into this theme parky wonder worldy, just wild, crazy ride with, uh, with somebody who just frankly has no idea what he's in for and is probably just doing this because he's a good friend and he wants to hang out with us. I really feel like Patrick's going to like it. Like, it's so far out of mm-hmm. his wheelhouse, but I just, I feel like he's going to love it. Yeah. Well, Patrick's got the spirit of adventure that is all about One Piece. We said, hey, do you want to do this fun thing with us? And he said, yes. Yeah. That's what One Piece is all about, right? Um, my answer was weirdly more specific than yours, Matt. No, um, please. Yeah. I'm excited for him to see Buggy the Clown. <laughs> I was, okay. I, I, this sounds obnoxious, but I was genuinely thinking I'm excited for Patrick <laughs> to meet Buggy. Buggy is so good. And, um... Buggy is not forgotten. That's all I'll say. But well, <laughs> Buggy is still in the mix. I mean, I know that he becomes one of the seven warlords, the Shichibukai or whatever the fuck. Which... You said it yourself. Um, so you know he is still Buggy's still around. He's kind of a bad. I won't say anything maybe? else. Like, yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I I wouldn't say he's a badass, but uh, I'd say Oda understands that Buggy is a very funny character, <laughs> and. Uh, he continues to be very funny. That's going to be the test. Is like, are you on board for this, Patrick? Because if you're on board for this, we should be good. <laughs> but like, yes, he, he is named Buggy, and he is a clown yeah. man, and his power is also that he can cut himself into pieces, which doesn't sound cool. <laughs> but trust me. <laughs> well, but that's the whole thing of it, though. Is that like One Piece is so cool because of how uninterested it is being in chasing what cool is. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, there's this, uh, he's a cartoonist. Uh, he also is the DM for a podcast called Root Tales of Magic. It's a, a D&D podcast. Uh, he did Swan Boy, which is on Hulu. I, I think he's talented as, as heck. He's a guy called Branson Reese. And uh, I remember him talking about specifically uh, Don Quixote Don Flamenco uh, of the Dressrosa arc in previous who is a very ridiculous looking character. He's this guy who wears like shorts and sandals. He's got really hairy legs. He wears these kind of like diva drag queen-esque sunglasses. And he wears this gigantic like flamingo feather coat. He is pretty much a drag queen. If he had some kind of wig, he would be a drag queen. Exactly. And, And like Branson is basically saying like nobody else on earth could have designed a character to those specifications and made them terrifying. Yeah. And he is, he's a really scary Dude, guy and, and there's never any question he, of that. Doflamingo comes up so early. Yeah. The fact that he comes back for Dressrosa is so fucking cool. And that, Dude. if I was going to be more broad about my answer to this question, it, it's that it's people coming back that you don't expect. You're right. Like, 
fucking yeah. Kobe and Buggy and Doflamingo and uh, I mean, there's there's others. There's that one, the princess or whatever from uh, yeah, um, Vivi. Yeah, I think her name is yeah, yeah. So okay, I I, th- I love that you said this because this I I, I want to mention this again when we get to you know the first seven chapters, but at the very end of the first chapter, Luffy is saying. You know, I need to go find a crew. I don't know, maybe 10 or so. I genuinely think that number was not a throwaway. <laughs> I think that he has had 10 in mind the whole time. Uh, and I and I think, okay. put a gun to my head, I could name him. Okay, so how many are we at with Jin, Junbei? Or Jun, um, Jinbei, yes, with Jinbei. Um, I think that we are missing... Okay, l- let's just count. So I want to make sure I don't misspeak. We've got... Um, Solo, the first mate. Uh, we've got Nami, the navigator. Wait, are you including Luffy in the ten? Uh, that's a good question. I feel like you have to, right? He's def- yeah, he's the captain. He's part of the yeah, crew. So yeah, okay, Luffy so yeah, one, Luffy, Zoro two, Zolo two, yeah. um, Nami three, uh, Usopp four, um, Chopper five, Frankie six, Robin seven, and I'm, I'm no, I'm garbling the order here. Brooks eight. Uh, Jimbei nine. Okay. Okay. So no, I was not including Luffy. So I was not including Luffy. Luffy's trying to recruit ten people, so eleven total. Um, but then we get into the honoraries, uh, which is Vivi, and uh, a person I will not name. Okay. Um, yep. I'm excited. I'm excited for you to keep. <laughs> you got. <laughs> Buddy, you, you should do what you want to do, but I do hope you catch up before we catch up in the podcast. <laughs> I have I have a s- sneaking suspicion that as soon as we start reading it, I'm going to want to read more, and we'll start trying to catch up. Well, who only eats seven Pringles at a time, right? Like, <laughs> like you said, like it, it really doesn't take long to burn through these chapters. You kind of want to keep going. For sure. Um, who are some of your favorite characters? Let's start with like maybe your favorite villain. Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a really good question. Um, Blackbeard okay. is really interesting to me. I'm really... black. So, there, I didn't come up with this idea, but one of the, the comments that I heard from a very passionate you know, One Piece fan that really stuck with me is that a lot of Luffy's antagonists are basically people that are philosophically opposed to them. Um, you know, they have very well-defined worldviews they have very you know kind of developed you know thoughts and motivations that that are simply contrary to luffy and then and that inevitably leads them to conflict and blackbeard is really interesting as i I don't think this is the his whole deal but i I think one of his minor traits is that he is sort of a dark mirror to luffy Mm -hmm. you first run into him um so far back, I mean, talking about you know how how Oda will set the seeds for these things so early on, and then it'll take years, but he will you know make them pay off. We first see Blackbeard as this just drunk who is walking through the streets of whatever town they were in before going to Skypea, and you know at the time they're all being like, "Oh, hey, have y'all heard about the Sky Island?" You know. Mm-hmm. It's sorry for saying y'all, everybody. Please don't get alarmed. I'm from Texas. I, I am allowed to say it. <laughs> It'll come up several times, I'm sure. But basically, um, Edward D. Teach is the character that makes the point that, you know, this is a world of dreams. And if and if you're not going to pursue your dreams, then what are you about? Which is entirely what Luffy is about. Yeah. And 
it isn't until later that you really realize that what Blackbeard is saying there is this expression of pure, totally confident nihilism of just, I, I will annihilate everything around me in service of, I don't even know what he wants, to be honest. Just this this pure avarice, uh, you know, this hunger for the world. It, it really, to me, is the dark mirror of Luffy's essential motivation of, you know, all I want is to be the freest person in the world because the freest the freest one will be the king of pirates. Teach wants the same thing, but he is an absolute vampire. I mean, he literally sucks people into his soul, so to speak, you know, his devil fruit power and, yeah. and absorbs them. He digests them. And, you know, again, hardcore spoiler territory, that ship's long sailed, but not a lot of characters have D for a middle initial. Yeah. It's really, really important. And I don't know, Oda might pull the rug out from under us, but Blackbeard really does feel like kind of the Sephiroth of this world. You know, like you've, you've got, you've got Avalanche. That's the straw hat pirates. You've got Shinra. That's the world government. But then you've got this just incredibly powerful, terrifying, insane maverick. And, and to me, that is teach. That is Blackbeard. Um, so I'm, I'm really intrigued by that. Uh, but all of that is just a very long way of saying, uh, uh, the, the, the sand dude, I should know his name. Scorpion. Um, crocodile. Crocodile. Yes. Thank you. Crocodile is fantastic too. I really like crocodile. Crocodile was really sick. I like his look with his suit. Um, oh yeah. The stitches on his face, the cigar. Yeah I, yeah. I agree with everything you said about Blackbeard also. Um, I don't know as much as you do, but, um, I, where I am, you still don't fully yeah. understand his full intentions. And also, yeah. um, he, I think he might be like the final boss. I think that yeah, it's going to come agree. down to Luffy v. Blackbeard for whatever, whatever One Piece is, whatever all that means. <laughs> um, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, yeah. My, okay, so, man, it's so hard because there's so many villains. Do you, do so you include I, people like Fujitora and Smoker? Because Smoker oh, is one of my, is, is my favorite character. So if he's a villain, question. then he's my favorite villain, like by default. So, uh, and I should say, to your point about how many there are and how hard this is, I literally forgot one of my favorite villains while I was answering. So I, I'd love to circle back in a moment. But Fujitora and Smoker are these kind of side characters, right? Like, like, like they are, they are neither friend nor foe to me. Yeah. Um, and, and this also goes for. Um, I'm probably um, mangling the pronunciation. Uh, Alkiji, the uh, the Ice Admiral. And the way that he is very kind of ambivalent with Nico Robin, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he saved her life, but at the same time, it it's, I, but that tension is at the very heart of what the Navy is because these are the good men of the Navy. Yeah, these are the these are the guys the who are, yeah. Well, like what what is the slogan for the Navy? Justice. These are the people who actually are primarily motivated by justice. Mm-hmm. And not just using it as kind of a buzzword. And Luffy's not opposed to justice. You know, he's very explicit. I love how they get into this in the Fishman Island arc of, hey, no, no, don't call don't call me a hero. I'm not a hero. Yeah. I'm just doing what I want to do. That's my favorite thing uh, about Luffy, that he'll do the most heroic thing possible and then be like, yeah. I just did that because I wanted to. I'm not a hero. I just felt like, like it. Yeah, that's yeah. what makes you heroic, dude, that you don't even think it's heroic. Like, so good. <laughs> 
but you're right. But he's he's he polices it though. Like like he's like, no, it's important that you do not put any expectations on me. Yeah, <laughs> like, true, true. I'm not accidentally. Yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> okay, so if we're not including Smoker, which I think is fair, because I I don't consider him a villain either. I don't think he's a villain. No, I I completely agree. Uh, he's an antagonist, but he's not a villain. It's a very important difference. Yeah. Um. I really like uh, what is his name? Caesar, the gas guy. Oh, Caesar Clown is incredibly funny. Yeah, I, and also like like a complete monster. I mean, he's basically Goebbels, or not? Not sorry, not Goebbels. Um, he's he's um Mengele. He's like Doctor Mengele. He's he's a nightmare person. He's so awful. Yeah, he's so creepy and but so like pathetic and weird. It's yeah, perfect. He, he's so bad that it gives him license to get, like, constantly owned, exactly. <laughs> which makes him funny, you know? <laughs> to the point where you almost feel bad for him, like, not quite, yeah. but, yeah, very funny. Well, he, he turns into, like, the Wile E. Coyote after a while. <laughs> it's like nothing he does works. He's just getting his face. You know, it's why we like Buggy. You know, like, Buggy's a complete piece of shit, but he's... <laughs> it's funny to be around him because he's just such a dirty little scumbag you want to see him act like a little rascal you know yeah all right who are some of your other favorite characters let's let's go rapid fire because no. i don't want to spend okay, too much okay. time on this but no no I'm, I'm so sorry i have to take this di- diversion really quick though big mom is one of the best villains of all time okay i don't know big much mom about is incredible that, so. <laughs> that's fine that's fine I, I i know you're about to get to big mom yeah. all i'm gonna say is big mom is phenomenal she is so scary and um I don't think this counts as a spoiler, but she she marries this very like cutesy, sunny, like G-rated aesthetic to something genuinely like frightening, and it's one of the most interesting things in One Piece to me. I, I think she's such an inspired villain. Uh, she is really, 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 really cool. I love Big Mom. I'm very excited for you to get to uh, her whole arc. Well, I saw a little um, bit of her in the movie, which we will get to. Yes, we will. We will. Um, Okay, uh, favorite. I mean, that's such a tough question. I love them Just all. Just give me um, rapid fire, like some of the ones you like. Okay, I I, I love Nami. I I love um, a a greedy lunatic who's entirely self interested by money. Um, I love Zolo uh, Zoro. Um, it depends on the translation, I guess. The three sword style, I think, is still one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Holding a sword in your teeth, but who cares? It's fun. Do you like fun? You're gonna love them. Sanji. Sanji is my guy. I love that he refuses to use his hands in fighting because he needs them to cook. I love that he's based on Steve Buscemi from Reservoir Dogs <laughs> because he just thought that was a cool guy. Uh, I love that all of the admirals are based on a specific uh, actor that Oda really likes. Specifically, I love Fujitora. I love Zadoichi. I love his whole deal. I love everybody in this in this series. It, it, this is why it's so fun. And, and the last comment, because I could go on for an hour, I love every single t-shirt design in this. I saw somebody say, if they just sold every t-shirt featured in one piece, I would buy every single one of them. And it's true. There'd be hundreds. I got spend $30 a shirt on them. He is a brilliant fashion designer, just incidentally. What a talented guy. Anyway, please. What are your some? What are some of your favorites? Um, I agree about Zoro. I think he's the shit. Um, I also do like Sanji, but I feel like this is sort of a Pepsi versus Coke situation where you have to choose between them, and I do choose Zoro one hundred percent of the time. But oh. I admit that Sanji has his uh, benefits, and he's 
his whole thing is really interesting. But I do find oh, him creepy he, and weird. Uh, well, oh yeah, no, <laughs> he, he can go over the top for sure. I, I will say though, totally respect that. But they would not be who they are without each other. You, you need yeah. these two guys just butting heads constantly. I, I just like for that, that Zoro's always drunk, always getting lost. He's very funny. He's also the the OG Straw Hat. Um, oh yeah. He's, he, I love that he's the first mate. Like that doesn't, you know, they don't spend a lot of time dwelling on that. But he's the first mate for a reason. Yeah. Well, he's the OG, like I said. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I also, oh, I, I really like Shanks, which made this movie. Oh, Shanks is great. Shanks is fucking yeah. awesome. I love Whitebeard. That whole like Whitebeard, Whitebeard is so cool. Shit was fucking sick. Oh, uh, man. along those yeah. lines, I also really like Marcos. Marco, Marcos, Marco. I think. The Phoenix. And Mark of the Phoenix. Yeah. 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 He's fucking sick. Um, God, there was one other. Oh, because I the last arc I watched was Dress Rosa. I really like yeah. uh, the fucking. God, I wish I could remember his name, but the toy soldier guy. Oh, um, what well, that itself is a very big spoiler, but uh, Kairos. Yeah. Yeah. That Kairos is great. Yeah, he's cool. Can I shout out one other guy in uh, in that very spoil? Um, sorry, that very spoiler, that very arc. I love uh, Bartolomeo the Man-Eater. Uh, I think he's also been translated as the Cannibal. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, the Barrier Guy from the movie. Yeah, the Barrier... <laughs> he rules. I love him. He's... Uh, yeah. One of my favorite things in, in any story is, is when the main characters get so famous, they start to attract fans. Oh, my God. Yes. And, and so... That element is incredible, but before we get into any of that, we're around this guy for so long, and you realize that his whole gimmick is just pissing people off and being invulnerable. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I, I was so happy that he played as much of a role in the movie that you know as he did. Um, he just loves Luffy, and, and I love that Luffy's response isn't to take advantage of that or go like what a what a weirdo you are but to be like uh i mean okay i guess <laughs> sure yeah if, if you want to launch an affiliated pirate fleet um yeah whatever i don't care well, <laughs> i'm not here to tell you what to do i love that whole development at the end of dressrosa because all of the badass pirates have a fleet they don't just have one ship that was, so, yeah you're right i mean this is this is luffy taking his first steps to like being one of the main dudes you know, he has he has people that work for him on other ships, not just his crew on yeah. his ship. Well, and and um, this did come up in the movie. That's what it takes to be an emperor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They were calling him like the fifth emperor or something. right? They called him the fifth emperor. Yeah, I think that yep. might have been a small spoiler for me. Maybe uh, but... that's yeah. No, it, it, it very much is. But um, rest assured, if you keep reading, you'll eventually. <laughs> and I, I understand what that means. And I think that's where they've been yeah. going with this. So I'm not like mad about it. But yeah, they did. They did say that they were like, this is Luffy, the yeah. fifth emperor. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I do know what it means. Obviously, um, let's uh, let's take a quick break real quick and then we'll actually get into the movie. Is that okay? I would love to. Okay, I'd love cool. to. Yeah, we'll be right back. And we're back to the podcast. Here we are. So let's talk about this damn movie. Oh, man, the movie. Um, do you have any initial impressions about the movie? Or do you want to, like, briefly tell us what it was about? Yeah, okay, so um, One Piece Red. I think a lot of people didn't know what to expect from this, right? You know, um, it, it's been teased for a while, Red is obviously a reference to uh, red-haired Shanks, which 
I don't think I need to say this if you've gotten this far, but uh, just in case, Red-Haired Shanks is a former um, protege of uh, Gold Roger, who we later learn is Gold D. Roger. He is uh, one of the four emperors of the sea, and um, most notably, he is the person who gives Straw Hat Luffy the Straw Hat, all the way back in the very, very, very first chapter of the manga. Um, And ever since then, they have really been teasing Red. They've, you know, Oda has kept Red very close to his chest. Um, The very idea of what Red-Haired Shanks' powers even are is still something of a mystery. And um, to be honest, I don't think that the movie really resolved that. (laughs) Has he eaten a devil fruit? Is he just a hockey user? These are things that uh, I think are still kind of uncertain. But that was the promise going in. We're actually going to see Red. We know Red's going to be a focus. Um, But the movie was something very different. You know, if you're following it, you know that the focus is on this brand new character named Uta. I'm probably garbling that pronunciation, but uh, she's Red's daughter. Um, Red-haired Shanks' daughter. She is a idol. Uh, You know, in the Japanese sense, she is a kind of combination a pop singer slash performer and the whole movie is going to revolve around her and um going into it i within about 15 minutes you know this isn't me patting me myself on the back but i remember thinking oh it'd be cool if they took this direction with this or that direction and they very much did um which we can probably get into it now (laughs) but uh what about you did you have any particular impressions going into this movie I was excited that it was about Shanks because I love Shanks. <clears throat> yeah, um, I agree with you with what you said about the mystery behind his powers because we haven't seen him do much in the manga mm-hmm. proper. Um, we just know that he's a badass. Like he has the most powerful conquerors hockey. I think we know that. Like, well, and we know that because of the movie, and and that's something. Like, um, didn't he do it also at a like Marinford or whatever? I feel like he, he did might it have actually, time. yeah. Okay, I, I will say that there is a moment in the manga that I know you have not gotten to yet. Um, and, and if you're thinking of something for Marineford too, then yeah, you're, you're probably right. I, I think that they have been hinting at that for quite a while. Then yeah, but some of the stuff he did in this movie, I was like, okay, there has to be something else going on here because he oh, like the way he fucking shot himself into the sky and like stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> can he fly? Like, what is going on? I mean, yeah. movies are kind of. Uh, they play fast and loose sometimes, but like Oda is actually involved in this movie, right? Like it's not very involved. Yeah. Um, I, I know he's been involved in a couple of movies. Uh, I could be wrong. Like I said, I, I'm not that much of an expert, but I, I think that this is either the most involved he's ever been in a movie or kind of tied for first. Yeah. One piece film gold was the other one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard the color, the color movies are, are what he's really yeah, plugged they're called into. One piece um, film colon and then color, which I kind of <laughs> like it as a form. I'm not going to lie. I think it's no. cool. also gold was really good. I don't, I don't know if you've seen it, but I haven't seen it. No, this is the only one I've seen. I'd, I'd need to check that out. Um, I was so happy that fucking Kobe was in the movie. <laughs> oh, buddy. Um, okay. All I'll say is that was not an invention of the movie. No, I I kind of figured that, and like I almost got like Kobe's uh, spoilers. Uh yeah, because they, <laughs> you, you they did revealed that he had sensory <laughs> hockey in Dressrosa, but apparently he's been like 
working on that and it's gotten better to the point where he's like good at it now so that's cool i'm okay with that did you clock did you clock his partner's name the guy with the blindfold oh yeah he's the fucking cat like axe hand morgan's son right yeah (laughs) helmeppo helmeppo of all people i can't believe he came back that's fucking wild it's a true testament to one piece it's like not everyone will come back, but anybody could come back. <laughs> and I okay, and the guy from Cypherpool. So let's let's talk about that because that was probably like one of my favorite parts of the movie. When okay, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the cops are like sitting in the crowd and they uh, like immediately cock each other, like, <laughs> oh, other cops here. I see. Oh yeah, um, um, Bluno, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh fucking that guy, the the guy from what's what's the leopard guy. Oh, uh, the, he's the head of Cypherpole Nine, or uh, it's all numbers. I don't. The, but the guy who who had the the bird on he's his like shoulder, Luchy yeah, the leader or something of something like that. Whatever. Yeah, I, I I couldn't tell you to be honest, but yeah, he, he's a very important character. You know, he's very much at the root of Cypherpole, and and um, it, it's hard to talk about Cypherpole without getting into minor, minor, but you know, spoilers. But um. To your point, everybody comes back. Like, so many people came back in this movie. It was really fun seeing all these familiar faces. Yeah, I, I loved that. Um, <laughs> how did you feel about the whole, like, the 3D animated dancing scenes? Uh, so, I'm enough of a nerd to at least kind of know what, like, Vocaloids are and to kind of get, <laughs> like, the the trajectory they were going. I will say I laughed pretty hard when, like... In flashback sequences, like eight-year-old Uta had like the exact same singing voice, yeah, as in the present day. But like, it's one of those things of like, look, do you want to go like cinema sins about it, or do you want to have a good time? <laughs> because yeah. the whole point is like, hey, you know what? We're gonna do a music video now. We've got like five of these. <laughs> just, just you know, just just enjoy it. <laughs> the Okay, I, <laughs> this might be my first hot take of the podcast. Are you ready? Okay, yo, hit us. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> that whole shit with the fucking 3D animated, it was, like, weirdly realistic. And I it creeped me out a little bit because yeah. I was thinking about it and I was like, this actual character could be a thing in real life. Like, if they, like, made this into a VTuber, this this could actually be real. Like... <laughs> Do you mind expounding on that a little bit? I, I want to make sure that I'm on the same page on, on what you're referring to here. So Uta is yeah. broadcasting her image across all of the world, basically, right? Yes. Uh-huh. When we see her start dancing with her, like, fruit and all that shit and, like, the weird, like, illusion magic that she does, she, like, yeah. drops down those, like, holographic projectors or whatever. Oh, and she, like, yeah, this, yeah. like, almost virtual reality in which she's, like... This 3D animated dancing yeah. pop star, it just... I totally, it, get, I totally get that, yeah. That could be real, you know what I'm saying? Like, they could yeah. make this character and have it perform little shows, well, and I, I don't know. It just, it, it kind of fucked me up thinking about it. Uta looks exactly like what you'd expect, like a, you know, the hot new... Vo- <laughs> sorry, garbling my Vuber. words. The hot new, like, VTuber to look like. Yeah, you know, she's got, like, a very distinctive style... She's got the kind of, you know, split red and white hair. Mm-hmm. They literally treat, like, the loops in her hair like, you know, like ears, basically. Like like cat or bunny ears. They, you know, they kind of droop down when she's bummed out. They perk up when she's excited. 
it's all very VTuber. Like, you're right. And I don't think that's by accident either. Yeah, I, don't, um, I didn't but, mean to say I didn't like it about the movie, but it did evoke a response from me and not a particularly it's weird. No. positive one. <laughs> no, you're right. Like, so... I, I don't know. I, I, I will disclaim the notion that like I'm a dyed-in-the-wool weeb. I, I really don't watch that much anime or anything, but I did happen to see the latest Dragon Ball movie, Dragon Ball Super Superhero. And that was the very first uh, Dragon Ball anything that was primarily done in 3D animation. And I had a similar response of, like, this is this is strange. <laughs> like, like there, there's just... I don't know. I don't even know how to compare it. It's almost like when motion smoothing got introduced. Yeah. It's just, this just looks different. And, um, I'm very anti motion smoothing, but at least with 3d anime, it's like, I don't dislike what you're doing with this, but like, I really do need to adjust, you know, I have to catch up to what you're doing. Um, so I don't know, you know, it's very cutting edge. Like, it has to be said, this is a very successful movie. I was reading up on the uh, box office just a little bit before this, and like, this is, I think, the num the the biggest One Piece movie, the third biggest, uh, or sorry, the the third movie in Japanese history. God, I <laughs> garbled that. Sorry, third film in Japanese history to make over one billion yen on its opening day, which is about a hundred million dollars, more or less. Um, you're ten million. Man, I'm I'm spinning out. Sorry, um, but you know, second biggest opening weekend uh, for this month in Japan ever. This movie, when it came out in America, beat Black Adam, which is I think the the movie to beat right now. Wow! Um, it was the second highest grossing movie of the weekend. Like, anime is here. You know, this is this weird kind of um, you know ambiguous gray zone where it it feels niche but mainstream at the same time. Um, yeah, I I think that if Jay from South New New South Wales is uh, listening, he should email or tweet at Jesse and rub it in his face that One Piece film red <laughs> beat Black Adam. I don't think he likes Black Adam that much, but it'll be funny still. Yeah, yeah, I I, I we don't have to weigh in too much on that, but uh, I do think it's a shame that uh, Jesse, from what I know, is not particularly interested in this, but. I think he'd like it if he ever gave it a shot, but you know, who knows? Maybe this podcast will go on long enough that he'll uh, give it a listen sometime. Um, I loved how Bartolomeo wrapped Loopy up in a little barrier enchilada and rolled him oh, around for the whole movie because he had that to. That was otherwise so funny. He would have solved the plot. Yeah, well, <laughs> like talking about D and D logic, right? Like that's such a D and D move to go like, yeah, I'm gonna cast like a protective spell on you. Because you're the main guy, like like it doesn't you can't take a single hit, and and poor Luffy is just like about to puke for, for like thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and he's like, "Please let me go." He's like, "No, I can't do that." It was <laughs> you're too important. It was very funny to me because I think every every anime movie, to a greater or lesser extent, is that where they have to take the main character out of commission in such a way that yeah. the plot of the movie has a chance to unfold before they just go in and fucking 1v1 the boss and like save the day yeah well i'm really glad you brought that up because i I wanted to mention that one of my favorite things about it and and this is true of one piece in general is that it doesn't rely too much on luffy as like the protagonist syndrome it really wants the crew to be able to stand on its own And, and so 
it's so important in this movie that, like, no, we're going to go into this, you know, decrepit castle, and Nico Robin as <laughs> basically the person who is not only smart, but is also educated, <laughs> is going to go in and decipher this kind of bizarre, bizarre, sorry, bizarre, like, ceiling fresco to figure out what is actually going on. It's re- like, Luffy in a lot of ways, is at his best when he's just kind of running interference for the people that he's gathered around him. Um, Like a lot of good, you know, a lot of good manners, a lot of good leaders, I guess you would say, it isn't necessarily about what he can do. uh, It's about the people that he has drawn around him. And uh, I really enjoy, you know, that this movie specifically and that the series in general carves out a lot of space for the crew to have their own moments. It's so important. And that's how you avoid that kind of Dragon Ball Z syndrome of like, after a while, it's like, okay, Goku and Vegeta save the day again. It gets boring after a while. Yeah. Like, like I, I, you know? Um, yeah, I think, okay, this, we're going to get super sidetracked, but uh, after <laughs> okay. the time skip, I think they did a really good job of illustrating the fact that all of the straw hats got level ups not just luffy like, yes zoro came back an absolute badass fucking chopper came yeah. back an absolute badass everybody has become badasses and they're like after the time skip they're just like showing off basically like all of their new shit absolutely um, yeah and yeah they all they all get to like look impressive in their own right which is oh man oh man i okay i love brooke um, his whole deal is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that he is still relevant. <laughs> it would have been so easy to just have him turn into like a side character, but they're like, no, Brooke matters. So, so th- this, this might be my hot take too. I'm still not sold on him as, as a crew member. <laughs> I like him a lot, but it's like, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for him to, to kind of push not not everybody's going to have their Innie's lobby like arc, but I, I'm I'm waiting to truly be moved by him and not just go, oh, you're funny. <laughs> um, I was oh man, we're getting so sidetracked, but I I was bought in on Brooke immediately when I heard about his story. Like, uh, oh no, his story is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, his backstory is really good. It was really well done. I do love like the running bit of Luffy going, "I want a musician next," and everybody like, "What? What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. And you know, they finally meet this skeleton person, and well, unlike every other crew member, he's immediately like, "I want you to join my crew," and he says, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wasn't that a moment where Luffy was like, "Join my crew," and he was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah, it was like immediately. I mean, I don't know the number. It was almost immediately after <laughs> they met him, <laughs> and they're which all again, like, like very he's a funny. Skeleton. <laughs> you can't invite a skeleton to join the crew. <laughs> yes. Oh, so perfect. <laughs> Uh, Binku Sake also fucking slaps. Great song. No, no notes. Sorry, what is a uh, Binku Sake? It's the it's the song that he sings. Oh Sake. yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I read a, a different translation of that. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Yeah, everybody on his ship is like dying, and he's still singing the song. <laughs> well, and, and, but talk about parallels. Like the only other, as far as I know, like pirate crew musician is Uta from this movie. Mm. And like, wow. I don't know, you know, like, like 
it's really interesting because Brooks' whole like backstory is about him being this emotional core of this doomed ship, you know, that that, that kind of just tragically falls apart, and he he's still just sort of keeping the spirit alive purely because he ate the one devil fruit that allows you to you know die without dying i love um, that he thought he didn't that it wasn't real he's like well i guess that one was a dud and then he <laughs> dies he's like oh that's what it did <laughs> so funny oh yeah i mean talk about a gra- uh, delayed gratification bit. yeah not even but- gratification because he was like lightly cursed almost for a while <laughs> oh yeah yeah 100 yeah just nothing yeah, he just couldn't swim anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man but uh let's let's get back to the movie um yeah please please yeah I, I wanted to say that I, I really enjoy that a core premise of the movie was really diving into the idea of the great age of piracy. You know, like like the great age of piracy is, I think, something that truly kicked off at Marineford. You know, Whitebeard dies, Ace dies. Um, it, it leaves a gigantic power vacuum, and these newcomers, you know, Blackbeard and the worst generation, all just kind of surge up to try to fill the void. Um, there's a new, you know, I don't remember his exact title, but a new chief admiral of the Navy. Things change. You know, that air of change is in the wind, but what we don't really see because the story has just gotten too big for it is the way that common people suffer. And I, I, I think that something that One Piece can kind of tend to al- sort of elide when it's not directly relevant to the Straw Hats is that most pirates are not good people. Mm. They don't like at the best, they are just sort of a neutral presence wherever they go. Like, like what good did, you know, the red haired pirates really do in the first issue of one piece other than like bringing business to a local bar. Like they're not improving anything, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think that hits to the core of one piece because all these pirates, man, they just want to like do whatever they want. But it turns yeah. out when people do whatever they want, it's not always good. In fact, most of the time, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> like, like absolute freedom directly collides with the notion of society. Yeah, civilization. <laughs> and, like, we all yeah. admit that we can't do whatever we want all the time. That's what exactly. it means to be in, part in of like, a society. Yeah. In, in the, the, the idea, the structure of society can curdle in its own way once it becomes so reified that it becomes its own kind of you know, self-sustaining interest, which I think you see with the, you know, the Navy, the world government and the divine dragons. But I really love the premise of this, of this kind of maverick element coming out of left field with Uta of saying, I want to represent, you know, another way. Um, I, I don't want to replicate the forces of, you know, the world government. I don't want to replicate the absolute anarchy of piracy. I want to defeat both of them through, this sort of, you know, on its face at least, kind of hippie-ish idea of let's all just have a good time together. Why okay. don't why can't I, we just do that? I wanted the whole to time? ask. So let's just talk about this directly. Then, what is her plan? Because it seems like she was just going to genocide yeah. a bunch of people, right? Like once she felt uh, she died from the mushrooms, everyone else's souls would have just been lost, right? Or was she going to have well, live yeah, I in mean, the illusion forever or something? I mean, everything you just said is correct. I mean, yes. The, the answer is yes. Okay, so she no, was going to kill plan... their bodies, but keep their souls in 
Yeah. So you think that the soul dimension keeps existing after she dies? Uh, I, I do believe that the movie did explicitly argue this, yeah. So she she gathered as many people as she could into her song world, the, the, the Sing Sing Fruit world. Uh, I think the movie mentioned this was like 70% of the world population, yeah. which is the first and I think only genuinely like apocalyptic scenario in One Piece that I've ever seen. Yeah. And also one um, of them was a celestial dragon, which... Yeah. That, oh, that's yeah. I, I loved when that guy got. Uh, uh, there's an SBS when uh, somebody asked Oda why he makes all the uh, celestial dragons look hideous, and he's like, "Because they're assholes, and I hate them." <laughs> <laughs> so it was great seeing that guy get owned. But um, I don't know. That guy kind of no, looked like uh, Joe Biden. If you ask me. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple decades ago, he did have black hair. But um, no, uh, I, I think her plan was. Draw as many people into the uh, the sleeping world as possible. Uh, continue to drug myself with you know wake shrooms until I basically die of being too methed out slash not sleeping enough. Um, and the idea was that uh, if she ever fell asleep, everybody in the dream world would you know wake up. They'd be reunited with reality. Um, but if she did die without going to sleep, uh, they would just continue to exist in that state. So she was basically trying to create her own kind of, you know, parallel and tangential reality that to her mind, people would continue to live in. But I, I think that we really saw the limits of that when she, I, I think that, you know, as a combination of stress and again, taking these wake shrooms, she got so stressed out that she started to get a little bit deranged. And there's that moment when the very first time that people other than the straw hats, these, these kind of common people who are saying like hey i need to go home like this is great but i i, I don't want to be here for forever she says oh are you not having fun and she floods the island and transforms them all into like ice cream cones and like stuffed animals yeah like to me you know later on she she summons this like grand you know anime movie demon taught musica and then that's clearly like the breaking point of her losing herself to the darkness but even before that that is so clearly removed from like a liberatory motivation of oh if you don't like me i'm gonna turn you into a prop yeah um, I didn't, yeah I, i'm glad you're saying this because i that was my one complaint about the movie honestly like well two complaints first one is the editing was kind of weird at times the second is is this thing with uta because i i think she just was kind yeah. of a not really up to par with the other one piece villains you know i just didn't she, find her very uh, believable mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I'll stick up for Uta a bit because, like, and, and kind of going back to what I said earlier, I, I think the best One Piece films are people with coherent philosophical and ideological structures that are nonetheless incompatible with Luffy and you know, the Straw Hats. And she has a, a very, I think, sympathetic motivation, which is she wants to save everybody, but. She is so rigid in how she goes about it. She is so motivated by the personal pain of, you know, losing her father, losing her family. Um, she is, I think, a classic example of somebody who is just too far into her plan. There's no flexibility there anymore. You know, she has put all of her chips on, this is what I'm going to do. It's going to be hard to pull up, but that is why I cannot deviate from this even an, even a centimeter and 
before too long, the plan becomes its own self-fulfilling goal. It, it becomes its own motivation. There's just this kind of subtle shift between I'm going to save everybody to I'm going to trap everybody in the dream world. And, and after a while, this to me is that sort of seductive, treacherous appeal of fascism is, is too broad of a term to really hit this with, but this notion of I will you know, make the structure of society and the constituencies of society mirror one another. I'll bring them into total alignment. Um, she stopped okay. thinking about individual people, and she started thinking about how do I create an all-encompassing structure for a perceived greater good. You know what? You did it for me, Matt, because what you're talking about <laughs> is utopianism. <laughs> Which is definitely yes, a yes. Thing. That's a much better word for it. Yeah, is definitely a thing that a lot of people do, and you, yeah, like I said, you weirdly made that more relatable to me because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people do think like that, where they're just like, if I can just set up the right system, everything will yeah. be fine. It's like no, and that's, that's exactly not what she was doing. Things work. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah like. The, the Straw Hat Pirates are not against anything she wants, other than, you know, not being pirates per se. But you're right, like, like she, she got so fixated on the plan that she lost sight of why she was doing it in the first place. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, I love that we saw Usopp's dad. That's so cool. Oh, that... I said to my friend, like, have we seen him before? He's like, yes, definitely. I'm like, I don't remember Dude, that. But I, like, I, I was... All the flashbacks right. with Shanks. No, I, I, I completely I completely got that wrong. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but this was a question. It's like, are they aware... Like, you know, Usopp knows that his dad is a pirate. Does he know that he's a pirate with the red-haired pirates? I think now he does. But that... Yeah. Well, now he does. But that was such a nice moment of, of that intuitive bond. And, like... Here's something I really enjoyed because okay, okay, wait, it's gonna okay, be, yeah, you yeah, said please. intuitive bond. The thing with like people who share blood, right? They were able to like mm -hmm. see through each other's sensory hockey or something. Is that yeah, yeah, so yeah? So that is interesting to me because I'm like, okay, so <laughs> going forward, I don't know, like maybe Luffy and Blackbeard have some blood connections, so maybe. Blackbeard's mm. going to start spying on him or something. I don't know. I was just... My mind was going places when they did that. So, I, I will admit, I think that might have been a bit of a movie flourish. Um, as a quick side note, it, 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 and I apologize that this is opening a can of worms, I'm really excited to learn what the fuck is going on with Dragon and the Revolutionary Army, because they've been, Oda's been very coy about what Luffy's dad is all about the whole time. But um, I'm so scared that they're going to be the bad guys. Uh, I have been scared about that for a while. <laughs> I haven't seen any sign of that for for quite a bit. Um, we'll find out together. We'll find out together. I I don't disagree. There there is a weird tendency um that I've seen in a lot of you know kind of like games and anime or manga or whatever of like oh secretly um the people you've been rooting for the whole time are the actual villains, which is it doesn't appeal to me. But um, to your point though, like. Something that I really enjoyed, and we talked about this earlier, the whole premise of this movie, the whole promise of this movie, One Piece Film Red, is this is going to be about red-haired Shanks. The very first chapter of this manga was Shanks giving Luffy his hat and saying, give me this hat back once you become a great pirate. 
And, um, you know what, buddy? This, this is kind of a, a an anti-spoiler because it's saying something that doesn't happen. I apologize. I'm going to do it anyway. The manga has not had them reunite yet. It's very specifically not had Luffy and Red reunite. And this movie, I thought, was really interesting because it really went out of its way. So that even as Luffy and Red-Haired Shanks are collaborating with one another, there's this whole thing like we have to, you know, collectively attack the Demon King at the same time. They never actually meet. They never even exchange a single word to one another in their conscious life. Red-Haired Shanks sees Luffy's unconscious body and then he sails away. It's really, really, really stressing that whatever else is going on here, this is not the reunion. Yeah. They're still teasing I, it. I, I personally take that to mean that Shanks knows that he can't talk to Luffy yet. Like, he has some yeah. master plan where he's like, no, no, I'm, I can't. Maybe it's that he knows Luffy will sense something's up, or maybe he doesn't know exactly what to tell him yet, or he's manipulating him towards a purpose and he doesn't want to like fuck it up yet or i don't know i this is why i like shanks because he's so mysterious and yet everything is so purposeful with him like to your point and like the first part of the manga like why did he get his arm cut off to save this kid that makes no sense well unless there's like something else going on he gives an answer though do you remember what he said when one of his crew members asked him uh what does he say uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it's more or less I'm, I'm investing in the next generation. Okay, but what does that mean, though, Matt? What does he mean by that's that? That's the thing. That, <laughs> you're, you're right, because that, that's that's the that's the billion dollar question. Yeah. Like, what does Shanks want? And and, and I, I think we were talking earlier about uh, Blackbeard and like whether or not Blackbeard is going to be the, like the the ultimate antagonist. But something else I'm wondering is like, what is Shanks going to be? Because Shanks could be Luffy's ultimate antagonist. Like, strictly speaking, if you're going to become the King of Pirates, that means you beat everybody. There is no room for two. Yeah. And if Shanks wants to be the King of Pirates, that means Luffy is going to have to defeat Shanks. But if Shanks wants to help Luffy, that's a completely different matter. We just don't know. To your point, we have no idea. What does he want? We we don't know. Oh, Shanks is so cool. Um, he's great. Uh, yeah. And you're right about how they are literally like separated in different dimensions while they're punching the same thing. Yeah. Very, uh, like, very like, dialectical. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Absolutely. No, <laughs> you're, you're right. It, it, you know, the old and the new are combining into a synthesis. With one yeah, another. It's all, it's I don't know if they quite like make Shanks is creating the conditions for his own undoing. Hmm. That's... Which is if you wanted an answer for why did he sacrifice his arm to that sea creature? Because mm, he believes in progress. I think. I I do think whatever else you could say about Shanks, he does believe in progress. He believes in change. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you, shot from the hip. Do you think Uda died at the end? Um, I don't know, man. Knowing Oda, I don't think we can know for sure. I think she probably died, but I desperately want her to not have died. <laughs> and, and I thought they were being weirdly coy about it. Um, yeah. I, I'm like 75% she died, 25%. Uh, no, she was just sleeping at the end, even though she knocked the medicine out of his hand, uh, frustratingly. I don't know. 
I mean, devil fruits can work in weird ways, man. Uh, I shouldn't ask this, but as a quick, did you catch a Luffy at the white hair for like five seconds? The white hair? Uh huh. I, I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, no worries, no worries. Um, something that I think is interesting about this movie is that they presumably started this maybe like two years ago, right? Um, so Oda had to kind of give away some plot spoilers without necessarily revealing everything that he had planned. So there are some references uh, that did make their way into this film. Um, I think that uh, Big Mom counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, her pirates. And, and what I'm specifically citing with Luffy with the white hair is, you know, the, Luffy's gears, right? He's got gear one, gear two, gear three. Oh, did he have I don't a, know if you've gotten to gear four. Yeah, so, okay. The last one that I know about is when he gets big and weird. When he becomes big, weird Luffy. <laughs> So that might be like two or three or four. I don't remember which number, but uh, all I'll say is they gave a peak of gear five in the movie. Um, So gear four is when he gets big. I don't, I, I, that's right. Because gear four is big. Gear three is fast. Gear four involves hockey. Yeah. Like, um, he he kind of incorporates a new gear every time he powers up a little bit, except I think gear two and three, like came at the same time. Um, Gear 5 is its own thing, and uh, you'll get to that when you read a little bit further, <laughs> but uh, they they did kind of give a peek of that without necessarily revealing you know, the significance of that, uh, which I, I thought was a little fun, but also kind of indicated that Oda's not going to just give away the ghost. Um, gear 4 is fucking cool, okay? I, yeah, the yeah, way yeah. he looks like a fucked up Frankenstein when he does it... <laughs> Where his face is like all fucked up and stretched out, and he's like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, black bits all over him, and he just his face always looks like he's in so much pain because he is in so yeah. much pain. Absolutely, it's so perfect. I I, lo- I love Gear Four, so I'm excited to see what Five is. Um, Gear Five is great because you can Google it and get nothing but garbage because so many fans speculated for so many years about what it would look like that you can barely even get an accurate result. Um, uh, so I, I thought I got a spoiler on Zoro in this movie and then I didn't. Oh yeah. 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 Dish on that. I'm, I'm so I thought about what you mean. one of my favorite things about Zoro is how his eyes close and we don't know why. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought I saw his eye open in this movie and I was like, no, no. They oh, made okay. More of a big deal out of that. Surely. But I don't think that I did see that. So I don't specifically remember what you mean. I will say, just generally speaking, that um, somewhere in the gap between what you've read to currently and what is currently out there, uh, everybody does get like a, a power up. Okay. Everybody gets like a, a new, f- like cool thing. I don't remember if Zoro gets what you are describing or not. But yeah, I. There is yeah, like an advancement. Of course, there there has to be, and yeah. Oh yeah, well yeah, because otherwise you, you get Krillin. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, buddy, like I, 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 you're hilarious, but like, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, right. Shouldn't you be like raising your daughter, <laughs> taking her to kindergarten? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, man. I think we've pretty much. I mean, unless you have anything else you want to say about the movie, I think. No, I mean we we, <laughs> we shouldn't go. Uh, yeah three hours i i think that uh this has been a blast i i can't wait to get going with you one last little thing um just going forward yeah, i wanted to sort of open this to you um 
I kind of want to play little games with Patrick. I mean, I don't want to spoil him too bad, but I was thinking maybe <laughs> we could, like, I don't know, show him pictures of characters and kind of get him to guess their whole deal. Or maybe not even pictures. We could just save random names to him and get yeah. his reaction. Um, I love it, that. It will I, I um... be spoiling him, but I think that if we do it correctly, it won't really spoil anything. Yeah, I mean, we can see if it, like, you know, pisses him off or <laughs> puts him off or whatever. But, uh, no, he seems like he would be down for that. I, I would love to mess with him a little bit, you know. Um, if he doesn't like it, he can just sequester himself for <laughs> three months to read the entire series like uh, the rest of us did. All right. Well, then our listeners have that to look forward to. So we will um, probably begin signing off. Do you have any final words, Matt, before I take us away? Uh, like a true pirate, I've been uh, enjoying my fill of uh, rum tonight, so I hope that I haven't gone too far <laughs> off the plank. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to digging into further discussions with you and uh, with Patrick about One Piece. This has been a blast, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, not really going to do a full outro for this, but... Um... We will have one by the next time we record. So uh, until next time, everybody, if you don't take risks, you can't create a future. Only the freest will be king. Ahoy. Uh, Ahoy is actually a funny sign off that I really like. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's do it.